Hi, this is Mike Howe from Metal Church, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 278 of Focus on Metal. Holy shit, has it been a busy few weeks or what? Glenn Hughes, Andrew Freeman, and it just has no signs of slowing down. So this week, once again, we have two great metal guests for you. First up, as you heard from the beginning of the show, we have with us Mike Howe, returning to Metal Church after I don't know how many years putting out a great album on Rat Pack Records, and we sat down with Mike to talk all about that and all things Metal Church, so good talk with Mike Howe this week. And we will follow that up with a talk with that maniac from Minnesota. I am talking about Brian Blake from Eternal Voyager. Yes, there is some amazing European power metal being made right here in the U.S. of A., And Brian Blake is here to talk to us all about that and present to us some pretty awesome stuff from Eternal Voyager. So, very busy week this week. Of course, we want to start it off the way we start off most shows. That is with Track of the Week. All right, got a great track of the week for you this week. Now, originally, I was all set. I knew exactly what I was going to do for track of the week this week. But uh, I was talking to a fellow metalhead and uh, discovered he was really into this particular style of European power metal. And having just experienced this really killer CD, DVD, I decided I'd let him borrow it. And uh, now as I sit down here mixing the show, I realize, shit, I really can't do track of the week if I've loaned out the CD I was going to do track of the week from. So I'm not going to tell you what that one is. I'm just going to tell you it's really freaking good. And uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, I will get back to putting that one in as track of the week. In the meantime, though, I have another great selection for you this week. That is the brand new one from Human Fortress. Came out on AFM Records, and it is called Thieves of the Night. Really, really good release. Uh, 12 songs, solid stuff. Now, initially, when I got the uh, the digital copy of this and I'm listening to it, I was just, I don't know. Something about the digital and listening to it didn't really speak to me that much. And I was a little bummed because Rated Land, the, the uh, release before this back in 2013, was really good. And I, I don't know. Maybe I think it was, though, it was the digital copy because uh, the, uh, the label actually sent me the physical copy. And I threw that in the CD player in the car. And uh, I was like, holy shit, just kind of won me over. Really good stuff mixed up by my buddy Sieb from Orden Ogan, you know, the guy. Uh, Orden Ogan has got some great stuff coming out. And in fact, they have a brand new uh, box set. I think it's two CDs, two DVDs coming out very soon called The Book of Orden Ogan. But anyways, back on to Human Fortress. So these guys, German epic melodic metal, good stuff. And this one here... As uh, I don't know, it's a little less melodic, a little more metal. And as I said, put it in the car, cranked it up, and uh, just really digging it. So I am uh, very glad that I gave this one a second chance again. And uh, this is the second outing from uh, Gus Monsanto, who took over on vocals on the Rated Land release. Guy has got a great set of pipes. So uh, Brazilian, 
in the ranks of a uh, German metal band. Very cool. And this one, like I said, it does have a lot of those classic elements in there. They got the big vocals and the keyboards, and you even got some other uh, uh, kind of medieval instrumentation on the intros, things like that. Just, you know, again, really cool stuff. If you're into to Camelot, Avantaja, Virgin Steel, definitely you guys are going to like this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, again, overall, great album. Some of the songs I was like, man, the other songs, it's like, yeah, I'm really into it. So anyways, looking through it, deciding what to play. I figure I might as well just go the easy route and spin the title track. So via my friends over at AFM Records, this is Human Fortress off of their brand new Thieves of the Night release. And this, of course, is Thieves of the Night. Once again, that was Human Fortress from their brand new one on AFM Records called Thieves of the Night. But right now, it is time to go over to our first guest of the show, and that is Mike Howe. Yep, that Mike Howe returning to vocals with Metal Church. I'm sure that is something that a lot of metal fans thought would never happen, and we haven't really heard from Mike since 1993. And that was on the Hanging in the Balance album. And, of course, you guys, if you keep up with Metal Church, Mike, back in the day, did three albums with Metal Church. The uh, legendary Blessing in Disguise and then The Human Factor. And then the last one, of course, as I just mentioned, Hanging in the Balance. And then 
Well, then Mike was gone for a long time. And I guess people, for the most part, and myself included, just thought we'd never really hear from Mike again, which was a shame. But uh, on March 25th, via Rat Pack Records, Metal Church came back in force with Mike Howe on vocals as they rolled out Metal Church 11. And, you know, it's kind of odd. I think back to what I just talked about with the Human Fortress tracks and when I first listened to it. And my first exposure or hint at the new Metal Church album was their video on YouTube for No Tomorrow. And I'm watching that and... I don't know. It just wasn't really speaking to me. And I was bummed. I didn't know what it was. And I think it was just watching it and listening to it through computer speakers. And because I'm listening and I'm hearing the riffs and I'm thinking, man, this thing is, you know, it's, it should be awesome. But uh, after that, listening to it on the album, I could not get the hooks out of my head. And then the next time I'm watching the video again, I'm like, yeah, all right. And I don't know what it is. It just changed my whole perception. But Man, just putting this thing in and just living with it for a few weeks in the car. Amazing stuff. And, you know, if you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking to Richie about the Anthrax album and how I liked it. But I was disappointed because when I shut it off, I just couldn't remember anything. And yet, this album, total opposite. Just I would just be singing choruses out of nowhere. And, again, like that song, No Tomorrow, great stuff, Signal Path, just all this good, good stuff. And then, of course, I got the deluxe pack from Rat Pack. So I also got uh, the the, uh, the second disc, and you got a couple of alternate mixes and a few other songs on there. And just, holy shit, it's like Metal Church, just a phenomenal, phenomenal release. Couldn't have asked for more out of Kurt and the guys in the band. So about a week or so before the... Uh, the official release and release party, Richie and I got to sit down with Mike Howe, talk about Metal Church, about what he's been doing, his kind of overall views on the current metal scene, just having a really good conversation with the guy. It was a very cool interview, and it also was cool in a way that it made me think about some aspects of the music business that I really hadn't thought of in certain ways. But talking to a guy who essentially left in the early 90s and has been out of it for so long, and now he's jumping back in and kind of just coming up to all of the way that we do things now and the differences and all that. And he just kind of gave me a new insight and a new way to look at what's going on. And that to me was, I just thought that was a very cool aspect of the interview, just besides the fact of being able to just sit down with Mike and discuss all things metal and, of course, Metal Church. So how about reaching way into the Wayback Machine to one of the earlier albums that Mike cut, and that would be The Human Factor play us track off of that called The Fight Song. And from there, we're going to go right into our conversation we had with Mike Howe of Metal Church.
great guest this week. I know that some of you have heard me on other podcasts actually doing specials about uh, about Metal Church, but never had a member of Metal Church on the show. Um, well, actually, we did one, didn't we? We, we had, had one. We had one. Um, but uh, we have uh, somebody we've been very much looking forward to talking to, and I'm sure you guys have very much been looking forward to hearing from, and that is the one and only Mike Howe. How are we doing tonight, Mike? I am fantastic, thank you. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good, Mike. So, first question, um, when is the last time you did any press for an album? <laughs> that would be 23 years ago, I believe. Yeah. Was that Metal Church? Yes, that would be Metal Church, yes. Wow. The one and only band, yes. Yeah. So, when you left the band the first time, um, did you have any second thoughts after you made the decision to leave? No, because I did not take that lightly. That was a decision I came to uh, that broke my heart, actually. You know, I was very sad in that, when I came to that decision. But for me, and, and I think for Metal Church of that incarnation, uh, that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you get completely out of the music business? I did, yes. I, you know, the music business at that time. The reason, one of the main reasons I left was because of the music business and the things it, it you know, it, it did to me, and, and it, you know, it hurt. It hurt me bad. You know, I just wanted to be a, a singer in a band and, and 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 enjoy the music that we made. And and I realized, you know, you have to be businessmen and you have to be tough. And I, I was. None of us in the band really were, so it kind of rolled over us. So, uh, unfortunately, the only reaction I had to that was, uh, get out. Mm. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, when you guys were doing that, too, there was still a certain amount of money to be made in the music business. So, obviously, uh, I'm sure the record companies were jerking you guys around left, right, and center, and, uh, and, and that just probably added to the whole frustration. Yes, all that uh, record companies pressures managed you know making bad decisions we we were just full of bad decisions unfortunately over the you know the the life of metal church and we you know we got with a, a management company that you know turned out to be not a good fit for us either so uh, all these things you know outside pressures uh, bad management uh, decisions you know um Bad business decisions on our part because uh, such a and I like to point to this just as one example. You know, uh, there's many examples I could, but I, I don't want to bore people. But the record cover for uh, Hanging in the Balance, you know, it's, it was an embarrassment to me, and I really hated it. And it, and but it got forced upon me, and I didn't have enough, uh, you know, clout in the band to overturn that. So. That was one of the many straws that just kind of broke my back in the end, and you know, and and then also we had some health issues in the band, you know, guys that were diabetics, and it was difficult to be on the road in the end. So there were many factors, and and like I said, it was a very difficult decision to make, but I uh, and I didn't come about it lightly, but in the end, it was the right thing to do, and I was very proud of what Metal Church had accomplished when uh, you know went in my tenure and I was very proud of the songs we wrote so I just wanted to walk away with my head held high before it, you know it got ugly mm. yeah, yeah now you did get out of the, you said you got out of the music business Mike did you keep singing at all or did you take long period did you take long breaks off well uh, what, I, what I say is that um I'm a singer, and I don't think singers ever stop singing, you know, so, uh, you know, I annoyed the crap out of my family and my kids and anyone who would listen to me, you know, and, and I sing around the house, uh, and I did have friends that were musicians, and I sang with, you know, different kinds of music and all kinds of music, but I, no, I never had the desire to get back in the business and do it for a living. Mm. Now, was it... Uh 
Was it, uh, you know, particularly refreshing for you coming back, you know, rejoining Metal Church again and, and knowing that, you know, in this day and age, any change in a band, all the Internet trolls come out. Everybody's got an opinion. Usually they're not very nice opinions. But the fact that you came in, you know, Rat Pack announced that, it, you know, you were rejoining that. And there was a lot of excitement about Mike Howe being back. Did that, that feel good for you as far as coming back in the business to have that kind of clamor behind it? Well, it feels incredible, and I'm very humbled and, and grateful to the reaction that has been taking place since my return, and it's a big part of why I'm still here and why, you know, why I'm, you know, it, yeah, it's just a very special thing for me, and it, it humbles me, and, I, and I'm overwhelmed at times with the, the, you know, just the pouring of, outpouring of love towards me. I just, you know, it's, it's, un, it's unbelievable, and when I started this whole journey with Kurt, you know, I was not open to coming back. And Kurt and I had many, many conversations about, you know, how things are different now and how we would approach, uh, you know, doing a new record and and why we would do it. So uh, it's been a long journey, and we took these steps carefully and thoughtfully. And in the end, we're, uh, you know, happy with the way it, it came out. Yeah, so uh, Kurt, did he ask you before? to rejoin the band and you just weren't you just didn't want to go there no i don't think he he's never really asked me until now because he knew my stance and he 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 respected me for that over the years he knew exactly who i was and where i was coming from and he 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 understood it so yeah and did you follow what the band were doing even though you weren't in it no not really okay no i was i kind of isolated from that kind of stuff mm. i mean i i'd heard uh some of the albums you know i took a listen out of curiosity but i wasn't like i didn't you know i don't have them in my you know repertoire or anything mm-hmm. yeah did it help that the fact that you know even kurt had been going through you know times of do i really want to do this anymore maybe i should just stop and all that so did that kind of help him to to empathize where your thought was Mm. That's a good question. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But, you know, he approached me with that, you know, in the end of uh, 2014 saying, you know, Mike, this is, you know, Ronnie's gone and we were, you know, he, he split the band and I'm not going to go through this process of trying to find a fourth singer for Metal Church. Yeah, it's just not worth it to him. And he, he's thinking of completely giving up the Metal Church, you know, torch. Right. And so that's how he approached me and I and I thought about it and <clears throat> said, well, you know, if I'm going to come back and do this, the the, the very first thing is uh, can we write music that is as strong and as viable as is we ever have and and that was the testing ground. So we started off there and uh you know, and and how can we do that? You know, living apart and having, you know, lives that we do separate and uh he talked to about talked to me about you know file sharing how he could you know the the advent of his computer studio and how he could send me things over the internet and I could listen to them and we could save time that way and so he really opened my eyes to the advantages of digital you know writing and sharing for the songwriting process mm. so that was very helpful and so then I said all right well let's take it step by step I'm not in but 
I'm open, you know, and that's how I went uh, through the whole process was, you know, I'm not in yet, but I'm open so to the idea. So let's see what we can do. So with that in mind, he went back and, you know, inspired by the possibility of us getting together and writing. And he thought about Mike Howe's vocals and he penned, you know, like a half a dozen songs and sent them to me. And I was like, wow, these are amazing, Kurt, and you, you are still an amazing riff master, and this is very exciting. And then he said, cool, uh, and I'll go back in and write some more. So he did that again and again. He did that a few times and kept sending them to me, and I kept being blown away at his masterful <laughs> writing. You know, uh, Kurt Vanderhoof can do. So, you know, I was like, Kurt, you have not lost a step. So that was very exciting, and that, you know, kept the ball rolling with us. And so then I flew up and uh, met with him in his studio, and we just put up a mic, and he had his uh, the songs in his computer, and he'd play them back, and I just started singing out melodies, and we used that technology to move around song parts and write the songs and shape them to what was coming out of me, and that was a great tool to have that we didn't have in the past, and right. it kept the creativity flowing, you know, instead of stopping and going, oh, well, we need to rewrite that part because it's not really flowing. He'd just go, give me, you know, give me two minutes, and I'm going to cut that right out of there and move that over there, and that was an unbelievable tool and excited me and excited him and basically that was the process and we just kept uh saying let's there's no pressures there's no deadlines there's no we've got a record until we have a record and uh it just turned into this you know kind of a magical creative time between he and I like we were transported back to the first time we were together and we were both inspired by that and we had complete control of our creativity and what we wanted to sound like. And I think that really helped us uh, put forth our best effort. Yeah. And, and, no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Mike, even though you're rejoining Metal Church, for you, it's it's a new band because the other three guys, you probably don't even, you probably don't even know beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a completely new band. Yeah. I, I embraced that just like, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't want to come back to Metal Church to, for nostalgic reasons, just play the old great songs. I wanted new music and I wanted to, you know, have something to look forward to. And so the band, I look at the same way. Uh, you know, although I, I loved the guys in the band when I was in there, that's, uh, that was an era in the past. And now I have this new band and I'm really enjoying playing with these guys and they're great players and great guys. And so it's like a whole, Wow, how lucky am I to have this new experience in my life? Mm, yeah, it's interesting, too, that, you know, you describing the process that you did with Kurt. And I, I never really thought about it the way that you described it. In the fact that I remember recording, you know, to tape and in studios and all that. But, you know, I've advanced along never never leaving music and, you know, built a home studio. And, and you know, it's just like it's interesting for me to hear someone like you who, who left in the age of doing it on tape and, and come back to all this other stuff of sharing files and all that. And, and uh, it's, it's almost like you came back like from the, from the, the desert island of music back to the mainland and like, wow, times have changed. And that must have just been a, a, um, a pretty interesting eye-opener to how much yeah. things have changed for recording. Yes, very much so. And it was very exciting and very invigorating, you know, and it really sparked our creativity in, in the way that, you know, we hadn't in the past. Mm. And so... Yeah, I was. Uh, I feel like we were lucky to be able to do it the way we did, and 
I, I, you know, I think it transferred into the songs that we wrote and the way we recorded it. And like I said, we, we had no record company. I mean, we have record company Rat Pack, but they're not like the record companies in the past where they had input and say into our timeline and what we were doing. There was no pressures on anything. Yeah. So it, it was really special. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a nice thing about everybody, you know, up at Rat Pack, Joe and everybody else is that, I mean, you meet Joe and he is just like the ultimate music fan and he just loves everything that all of his bands do and just embraces it and just goes, just go and go and do it. And, and be yourselves, and and I think that's such a an awesome home for bands to be in. It's a perfect home for us, and Joe is a great guy, and that's another aspect of it. I know my record company owner, and I talk to him on a daily basis, and he's a great guy, and he works his ass off for us, and and that goes a long way for me, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. He's like I said, he's he's just such a cool guy. You know, when when uh, we talked to them about, uh, well, actually, when Richie talked to Jen about coming up to the show on Friday, and uh, and Joe was like, was that the two dudes that I talked to at the Queensrÿche show? And I missed you know, the Queensrÿche show about two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's and it's like that shows you like the kind of guy he is. He's a great guy. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I feel very lucky to have him on my side. You know, and it's a huge part of. You know, I'm just feeling, I mean, it is all coming together for Mike Howe and Metal Church, I think, in a in a positive energy way. You know, all these things that I want to take step by step and, and gradually come back, there's there's not a negative thing happening, and I feel very lucky that way. Yeah. Yeah, so, so let's get into the album a little bit, Mike. Of course, the first single, No Tomorrow, cracking song, like classic Metal Church song. It got me super excited, and that's why we, we used it as the first, you know, single and video. Yeah, yeah. And again, it goes back to what you said too about Kurt being able to write riffs. 
And I even loved it in the video, the way the, w- the video was shot. It, you know, showing Kurt play a lot of those different riffs in real quick cut scenes too. And it just, it just really bolstered up the whole thing of, of you know, of, of Kurt as the riff meister. But uh, just, yeah, I, it, it's great, I, you know. I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, I, Kurt is a great guy, and we're great friends. And and you know, he is a, he is just, in my opinion one of the most underrated metal songwriters out there. The, the guy is just a, a well of the creativity and riff writing, and it, it's just fresh to me all the time. Yeah, and like one, one of the things when you came back, Mike, that I think a lot of people thought was like, can you actually sing the way you used to? And when you listen to Reset, the way you change your voice on that, it's like, oh yeah, no problem to you, Mike, to sing the way you used to. You definitely nail it on that one. It was so much fun. When I think about us recording and writing that song and, and other songs on this record, we were just smiling and, and really enjoying it like big kids. And I, and I think, you know, that was the magic for me of that this new record is like, this is exactly what we talked about. Let's come together and have fun and and do it for why you do it. You write music and, and be in a band to have fun and enjoy it. And if you can do that in the process, I think it will come across in the recording and people will respond. Yeah, I think as well, one of the things that you were known for it was your epic tracks. And you like Sky Falls In, to me, is the perfect example of that. I think that's just an amazing song. It's a huge chorus. And like I said, when, <laughs> when we were making it and writing, we were like, wow, this is fun this is anthemic you know and and we really enjoy making the music we we make and we feel this is what metal church to us should sound like so yeah i I, you know we only hope that people enjoy it as much as we do yeah so uh, picking a set list must be tough because how much of the new album do you think you're going to be playing yeah well i think we've got three songs off of it slated because you know we have a we have quite a deep uh, roster of songs, and I tell people this: I said it's it's quite the awesome problem to have in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> How do we pick the songs for our set? And you know, oh man, I really want to play that. We don't. Well, we I want to play that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're gonna a, you're gonna be problem to have. you're gonna be playing maybe a, a lot of songs from like Blessing in Disguise as well, and The Human Factor. Are you gonna be playing some of those? Yes, we're going to play something off of every Mike Howe era record, and then we're going to play some uh, off of the Dave Wayne, you know, era, the first two records, and nice. so that that's what we're, we're putting together, and and that's what we're celebrating with the fans. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be, you know, that's kind of a unique position too that of you know being in Metal Church, right? They're one of those bands that you have those real hardcore. David Wayne Eric fans, and you have the real hardcore Mike Howe era fans, and then you've got people that just stayed to metal church, soup to nuts, it didn't matter, and now you've got to like pick and choose and and make everybody happy. And I mean, it's like I said, it's a good problem to have, but it it must be you know, again, just really hard to try to nail a set list down. Yeah, it is really hard, but you know we. We just you know they, that's why you know Kurt actually said to me you know Mike Howe you know you're back. We're going to leave it to you. Tell us what songs you like. You know, the band will tell you what songs they like, but you ultimately get to pick the songs that we're going to do live. And he told me that. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. That's really nice. It's a, you know, it's a big thing to bestow on me. But here's the ones I like to sing live. And these are the ones that move me live. And we talked about it a lot. And uh, I think we came up with a really good mix of uh, 
the songs. And, you know, I mean, there's people that always want, you know, oh, they didn't play my favorite song or whatever. But you do your best, and I'm sure they won't be disappointed in the songs we play. Yeah. Now, Mike, you're in a position now coming back into the band where <clears throat> there was probably songs in the past on the albums you sang on that you never got a chance to sing live. Did you, you did you ever think, oh, I'd love to do that now, I actually have the chance to do it this time? Yeah, we went through that as well, you know, and that was part of the difficulty of picking out the set songs, you know, so... Uh, we are not going to do any songs we've never played before, but we've played a lot of them. But, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. And uh, we, we still might do that in the future, but right now we're just getting back in the groove. So we're, we're going with the, the ones that are tried and true and the ones that I, you know, recall, you know, just having a thrill playing live. Yeah, and of course on this tour, you got Chris Caffrey playing guitar with you. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. You know, because we were on the Monsters of Rock cruise, and he was playing guitar for Doro, and so I had a chance to go check him out play live. And uh, yeah, he's a great player. And so, uh, you know, him being you know friends with Jeff and the Sabotage and the TSO th- connections, I think it was a perfect fit until uh, Rick can get back uh, in the band and uh, recover from his uh, his eye surgery. Mm, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Chris has always kind of demonstrated his ability to step into bands and, and be that good utility player and, and bolster things up. So, uh, yeah, definitely a great choice to, of somebody to, to add in there when you need someone. Yeah. Now, Mike, Mike, was it really important for you to have a lot of tour dates with the band when he got back in? Because it seems to me that you, you do actually have a good sling of dates on the way. Yeah, no, um, that was another thing, you know, because it's a time commitment, you know, and being away, you know, and on the road, you know, uh, it's it can be grueling and it can take a toll on you, you know. So I remember that from when I was young, and so uh, I, you know, just like just like doing the record, I approach it as you know, let's see how it goes, you know. And I don't, you know, I don't really want to commit to a lot, but uh, as as time went on and and we did some shows and the reception was really great, I I was like, oh well, this this seems like it's going to be a good thing, so why not? Let's give it a try. Okay, nice. nice. Of course, you know, people who may have gone over to YouTube and checked out the one teaser song now, I'm sure that once those people hear the album, that their first question they're going to be thinking is, you know, when when is there going to be another one? And and have, do you guys have more songs that you've written so far that you like? Are you thinking about for another one? Or did you just write a batch for this one and it was a case of, well, we'll see how it goes and go from there? Yeah, the latter. You know, we just... Uh, I, I'm a kind of a person that doesn't, you know, I don't mind revisiting the past uh, briefly, but I'm not a person that lives in the past. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm not a person that lives too far in the future because I w- really want to enjoy the now, you know. Sure. And, and right now we are just riding a wave of awesomeness. And, it, you know, I'm just feeling the love and getting back together, you know, on the road and getting out there to actually, you know, interact with the fans is, is a magical thing for me so I, I just want to live in that moment and if things go well and we're well received and you know the record you know does well for us then then that hopefully will give us a chance to think about doing another one you know and i'd love to do another one if, if things go well so uh like uh, i'm just living in the now though right oh awesome and i know that you know, for us here on the show, we're definitely going to do our best to really promote the album and let people know that, you know, what Metal Church is doing and the tours and all that and really try to bolster that interest. And uh, hopefully in doing it all that, you'll uh, 
you know, continue to get the love, and we'll get rewarded by some more Metal Church music with uh, with Mike Howe's voice stamped all over it. So that's that's definitely what Richie and I are looking forward to. Well, that sounds like a dream come true to me. Awesome. Well, it's uh, it's been awesome to finally talk to you um, now that uh, Richie's kiddo's all set, and uh, so we're good to go. Uh, but uh, hey, well. It, the pleasure's been mine, fellas, for awesome. real, and I, and I look forward to meeting both of you and just having a great night of record release. Well, yeah, we're Mike, looking forward to that, too. Mike, I've never seen Metal Church, so I'm really looking forward to this one. All right. Well, it's going to be a blast. I know that. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, then uh, hopefully we will see you real soon. And uh, in the meantime, again, thank you very much for coming on Focus on Metal, and uh, have a good rest of the night. And thank you guys for having me on, and you too as well. No problem, Mike. Mike. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that talk with Mike Howe. And, of course, if you want more Metal Church enjoyment, I definitely urge you to pick up Metal Church 11. I also urge you to go up to Rat Pack Records and get one of the special bundles instead. You know, get yourself a CD as well as a T-shirt. Go to the Ultimate Fan Packs. Lots of good stuff that uh, Joe and the gang at Rat Pack have on offer for Metal Church and a lot of other great bands as well. So, again, I urge you guys to head up to our friends over at Rat Pack Records. Whatever you do, make sure you support Mike Howe and Metal Church. Show them the love. And as we talk to Mike, hopefully there'll be more great Metal Church music in our future. And really, I just can't say enough good stuff about this album as well. And uh, originally when Richie and I were talking about this episode, we were going to have a long-form discussion about this as well. Just schedules wouldn't allow us to... uh, to get together and actually talk about it but again just great stuff listening to the how well that that guy's voice is held up and the power and the passion he's putting those songs and all the riffage coming out of kurt and all this it's just a really really memorable album and uh man i mean imagine all the great music we could have been hearing from mike all these years but again get yourself a copy of metal church 11 this is brian from eternal warrior and you're listening to focus on metal radio
Yes, Virginia, they are making European-style power metal deep in the heartland of Minnesota. What you just heard was a track off of Eternal Voyager's 2014 release, The Battle of Eternity. And I am happy to welcome to the show this week the founder of Eternal Voyager, the one and only Brian Blake. Brian and I had quite a protracted conversation, so without further ado, why don't we get right into my conversation with Brian Blake from Eternal Voyager. I know it's an amazing thing, and I first heard these guys and I thought, holy shit, it's European power metal and it's out of Minnesota. And, you know, here I am sitting in, in New England thinking, I've got no reason to go to Minnesota. It's cold enough here in Boston. But I heard these guys and I'm like, you know what? There's a reason to go to Minnesota. So on the phone, I have got Brian from Eternal Voyager. And, uh, d- dude, it's amazing. I, like I said, European power metal from Minnesota. Well, that's what we try to make it. You know, I mean, I, that's my main influence, obviously, is, uh, is uh, that that's what we really saw. You know, you know, a lot of bands from uh, the, the States especially don't seem to sound exactly in that type of realm. They don't have that actual European part. You can tell that they're American somehow like that. And I think we kind of do have that sound. You know, obviously there's a lot of ice earth influence, but um, you can hear uh, a lot of the European influence coming through too. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when, when, you know, you get the riffage and you're kind of like, all right, is this going to be more classic metal or, or whatever? But as soon as the vocals kick in, okay, instantly it's European power metal. And it, it just, yeah. it's amazing. That's what, that's what instantly turns it in. But then you actually have some other songs in there that, that are really like something that you would expect off of one of the main European bands, stuff like Sands of Time. I mean, that has got yeah. such an intense European sound to it. Well, you know, we actually had a, a guest on that, which uh, the guy who's doing our keyboards on that's Bob Cassianis in Ireland. Yeah, and that I was, I saw that in the bio too, and I was like, that yeah. is very cool that you guys mm-hmm. got to work with Bob because that is, he's a really underrated keyboard player too. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's a friend of mine. We've seen him, um, you know, many, many times when they've come to the states. I think I've actually seen Fireland about three, four times. Mm. You know, so I've always hung out with Bob when he's here, and he's just a really friendly guy. Always at the bars or whatever, and having a beer and shooting the shit, you know. And it just seems like he's, uh, you know, he's. I like, hey man, would you ever want to guest? He's like, sure. You know, and a year later, I contact him, and he did like that track in, like two hours. Wow. <laughs> Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's really it's really amazing. You you go you back and listen to Firewind. I mean, people always just talk about Gus G, Gus G, but then you go, yeah, you know, Gus G, Gus G. It's like, yeah. you know, like, Gus G is great and all, but you know, I, I, I'm a huge Gus G fan, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I've got pretty much everything he's ever done, but I, I, uh, but you know, Bob is one of those guys that, uh, you know, that, uh, he deserves a credit too. He's he just, if not, you know, just as good as Gus G, you know, in different ways. I mean, they're both talented, but yeah, you know, yeah. No, it's it's yeah. kind of like you know what what Jens was doing with Ingve and what exactly. you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah I mean he, he should really get a lot of credit because you know he's like right behind Gus with a lot of those runs and stuff. If you really listen yeah, to yeah, it, he's sitting there playing guitar and then he switches to the keyboards. It's amazing, you know, like how he can do all that stuff. I mean, I've always just been blown away by he can still manage to play both instruments almost at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I, I was reading through your bio, and uh, okay. and I just it reminded me like a whole lot about you know myself and and the way bands kind of go through all these iterations, and it's really cool that you guys 
just kept going and going and going, no matter with the, with the switches. And it just brought back all the memories of of guys that you thought were going to work out, and then they didn't work out, or they had to leave, or mm-hmm. or all of that. But you guys have had a pretty long road. Yeah, it's the, the one the one thing that I've always had a struggle with those members, and that's I grew up in northern Minnesota, so I'm I'm really. Uh, you know, far up in the Northland, and there's just, you know, you'd think, oh, boy, you know, it's going to be like Finland or Sweden or something, and it's the opposite. All it is is kind of, uh, you know, a very close minded different people that have have no musical interest at all, really. And, you know, I couldn't get a band that's going to save my life. And, and uh, you know, I actually just started the band in Iowa, so I was down there, and I found, a, you know, a drummer and a bass player at the time. And um, But the band had kind of only didn't officially start till about 05. Because we were around, like you know, in '98, I had the music going, but officially it actually started around '05. So, yeah, you know, the bio is a little bit different from you know how it actually kind of comes off, but you know, it's it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Some of the bands you guys play with too, it's like if if I was in a band playing with a lot of those bands, I'd be like, this is where I want to stay because you guys did some amazing bills. Well, we, you know, we did the, uh, um, you know, the, we had we I did one show with Sonata Arctica, we've done Cage. Uh, Cage is really cool. We actually are um, pretty close with it because of Benjamin, too. We got a hold of uh, Stu Marshall from mm-hmm. Death Dealer, and uh, he's going to be mastering our second CD here. We're working on right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's a, he's a good guy to know. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we really appreciate, you know, the, you know, like I said, you know, you were saying, saying it's been a struggle. And, and then that's the thing. It's like, you know, climbing your way up. But, you know, now when you go out there, it's like, you, you know, you, it makes you look a lot more like what you really are when like you have uh you play with bigger bands because you get to actually be in a, in a wider audience you know and people actually get to see you and we're mostly here it's like a club show and you're always going to end up uh playing to basically the other bands yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you know, so. and it's a good scene too that you guys are in as far as you know playing with bands like that because you know, like a Sonata Artica band uh, fan. I mean, they're not going to go in and just be like, "Oh, we're only we only care about Sonata Artica." They're they're like, "Hey, all oh, these other cool bands on the bill." It's like a lot of the power metal fans are into like any other band they can they can get into. So it's it's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know, as a fan for me, I mean, I like everything from something like Sonata Artica to like Paragon from Germany or Wizard or something really the heavier kind of stuff. And I like you know, I like thrash and black metal, and I like. You know, I like all kinds of metal. So it's like, you know, there's, um, you know, when it comes to power metal, you got, you got, you got a, a huge, broad variety of metal that ends up going into it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely hear some of that stuff in there. Like, you can hear, like, Vagabond's got more of a thrashy feel to it than some of the yeah. other songs.
Yeah, it's a mixture. I mean, I, I, I think you're really going to be uh, impressed by the second record. It's it's a lot more dynamic than, you know, so far we we really think the songs shine. Some of the songs that are going to be on it are actually old songs that didn't end up on the album. Mm. So there's a lot of the same style. It's not a departure at all in any way, shape, or form from the first run, but I mean, you know, it's a the, the, this first this first album was the Battle of Eternity was a raw run, and it, it is basically, you know, you got every all the elements that you're looking for, and the songs are captured. But it's something that I made down the road. You know, I go back and uh, you know re uh, fix touch up some of the vocals. I thought were you know I'm my worst critic. You know, I'm gonna you know we we see things that uh, maybe some of the fans really like, and you know, and, and maybe they like it that way, but. Some things we look back and go, ah, geez, you kind of cringe when you hear that note. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely, I hear you. That's the that's the hardest thing is is deciding. Okay, it's done. I have to let it go. And I'm like one of the worst oh, offenders. Yeah. We, we were splitting hairs at the end. Our producer at the time uh, that we worked with, he was just. Uh, I think I think we it, we took two years. And what had happened during the recording is was that my band had basically imploded. We we lost the drummer quit immediately after the, the tracking the drums. Uh, I had to fire a bass player, and then uh, we had to get uh, somebody to play the leads. Uh, the guy, the guy that's in there, he did do uh, most of the melody guitars that are there. That would be Mick, the guy who was in the band for mm-hmm. four or five years. But we actually had a session player do all the leads. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of the lead guitars were done by him. I did a few solos myself, but most of them, all the Dave type shredding things that he's doing on there are all. Uh, are all, are all his own kind of thing. So, yeah, we had a frustrating problem, you know, trying to get that album on. And I tell you, that was a huge relief. And we finally said, you know, it, it's got to be done. We can't, <laughs> we're going to drive this post crazy here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sounds like, especially with a lot of the posts that you've been putting online, that it seems like the second album is going a lot easier. Yeah, well, we're, we're recording it ourselves. We are still using the same producer, Jamie Strobach. Uh, for the drums because he does really well drums. We haven't really harnessed the whole drum recording thing yet, but we are doing everything else ourselves. Our vocalist Micah is uh, is engineering all of it right now, and uh, so far you you pop it in and you it, it sounds like something that was recorded in a thousand dollar studio. And here we've done it right in our own house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's pretty nuts. I mean, he's got a talent, and I, I you know I think he's probably more talented than most of the guys I've worked with in the past. So, oh. and, as far as recording and everything. Yeah. Um, I also want to tell you, my uh, bass player is here with me right now. Uh, Jeff Eichel's here. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Good good here. <laughs> cool. Good deal. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is pretty cool. I think too, now that you've got, you know, the ability to do that kind of stuff these days and you do have people that are getting really good at being able to combine the studio mix with what you do at home. And I think the hardest part in doing that, cause I've done some of those projects myself is, is making it sound like it all got done in the same space. And if you've got somebody that can make that happen, then you yeah. can, you know, make it happen. That's definitely a big thing. Uh, you know, Micah is, is, does this so much because of his own, with his own music that he's able to sit down and, you know, and kind of recreate a lot of those things. And we, you know, and um, the one thing that was going to help marry all of those songs together and actually bind it is, is getting the mastering done, which is something that we aren't going to try to do because we, we, we think it would be a lot tighter to have it all, you know, compressed uh, down more into that. I mean, right now we, it sounds really good. Sure, you know, we could put a, put the tracks out. Uh, we might we're going to be doing a music video, so we might end up, you know, releasing that with the unmastered track or the video beforehand, and then maybe switch the audio down the road once the album's released. But 
uh, you know, it, it sounds good enough. There's it's definitely a better production than the first one. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so when you do eye tracking at home, are you doing um, a, a lot of uh, just you know live amping, or are you doing reamping and, no, and going in? Or all, all the stuff we've done is uh, like I, I did reamping on the first CD. Hmm. We used a couple different kinds of heads. So we had had different tracks that had different uh, heads. Like I think the one was on the fifty one fifty something or another. I, I think it was a PV, and then we had a we had an angle on there. I play I play angles now myself, so I. But I, but the one that Micah seems to have have a, an easier way to actually do it would be play through an amp that gets reamped. But what it is, is it's kind of more of a digital song that's in it's in the guitar cuts that he's got, mm-hmm. and they sound really, really good. I mean, it's it's a lot of heavier heavier tone than the first one. I think it's uh, just you know it cuts more. You can hear the guitars kind of coming through cleaner, you know, on the rhythms. Yeah, you know, with the, the sound. So yeah. So um, and what about what about bass? I know. Like a lot of times, if I'm doing bass projects, that's like the one thing. It's like I, I like doing a live amp, but I found now that it's really cool to use like like you an know, SVT we plug or just something. Plug right in and we just go direct. It's a lot yeah. easier. Jeff, that's what he likes to do is just kind of go direct, and he just walks in. And it's easy for us because I come in and I, I've got these songs all written and ready. I go and I, you know, we go to the quick track setup and and micro make a drum pattern. Boom, we all and once the drums are ready to go. You know, I do my thing, and then Jeff walks in, and he does his part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeff's pretty, uh, pretty keen guy. When he uh, joined the band, he, he uh, was, um, you know, pretty fresh blood, and he, I, he, I met him because he learned the album in two weeks, and he was in the studio. So he's a uh, wow. quite, quite, came a long way. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just found that plugs really work well for for doing bass because it's so damn consistent from one day to the next you can just you know it's just down to the player and, and how they're feeling that day but the sound on it on for bass yeah. it's really cool to be able to do it like that mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's nice to be able to have that feature uh you know like i said you know a guitar is a little different but um i you know and i'm not a drummer but i mean i really do think that that uh the guys that we're working with like especially our new drummer mike he's um really got a hell of a, um, a skill level he's more like rush and yeah, those kind of bands too, because he comes from that more old school background, and then kind of applying it to to the metal, the power metal sound. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we get a much more dynamic sound with him than some of our previous drummers. Right. You know, yeah, you know. it, it's kind of unique too that you guys are actually doing this the way that a lot of European power metal bands are currently doing it. And like I talked to like Magnus Carlson and stuff, and he'll talk about oh, doing guitars different. at home, but going into a, you know, a really good studio and spending the money for studio drums and then doing everything else in home studios. And you guys are doing it pretty well, much the same way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and see, that's part of the thing that, uh, you know, I think, I think pretty much everybody kind of does these things. I mean, like even, you're talking about Magnus, like Ralph Sheepers. He does all his vocals at home now, too. Yeah, he does. I just talked to him like two weeks ago. Yeah, I was amazed by what he could do with that. And it's like, you know, you recorded that yourself at home. Like, holy <laughs> shit, man. That's, you know, I mean, you know, he's obviously, obviously one of the best singers out there. But holy crap, that guy really knows what he's doing. I mean, he's engineering all that himself, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
it is pretty freaking amazing. And, and you know, he's told me that before too. And every time he tells me it again, I'm like, oh yeah, holy shit, that's right. You do that at your house, and it just every time he says it, it blows me away. Yeah, yeah, he's a hell of a guy. I, you know, I'm a I'm a huge Primal Fear fan, and I you know I I like all this stuff from Europe. I've always been a fan of it. You know, and I, I mean, you know, I like a lot of well, uh, you know, bands that really influenced me also too. You know, besides the you know, like the Maidens, Dios, Priest, stuff like that. I, I really was always in the version seal. You probably, I mean, you know, they're from the East Coast, stuff. they're from mm-hmm. New York. I've been a huge fan of them. We got some stuff that, uh, that we're doing that would might remind you of a little bit of version seal and, uh, the next album. Nice. Uh, just, um, not so much like the David DeFay thing, but then uh, just in the way the songs are structured. Cool. <laughs> so we like a lot of that, you know, obviously like, uh, Jag Panzer is uh, a really big band that stands out in the U S that mm-hmm. I think is, um, you know, along with Ice to Earth and them, they 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 have a sound that, you know, you can tell that hey, you know, these guys are you know an international thing. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but we're really working on it. <laughs> no, you guys yeah. actually sound really good, and it's nice that you know you mentioned Jack Panzer too, because that's another band that, for I think for a, a lot of part of the states, like they never heard of, or if they have, they all they know about yeah. is like, oh, that's was Chris Broderick's band, but it's like there's so much more to Jack yeah, Panzer than just Chris, Chris Broderick. but they don't know. Uh, they don't know who, uh, you know, Mark Ferrati and all these other guys are. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, such, yeah, such a cool band. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've seen a steady stream of posts from you guys about, uh, you know, making the video and making the tracks and all that. So, you know, what do you think about, uh, like, a release schedule or not? You're still on schedule for this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'll be sometime this summer. We just don't know if it's going to be... Uh, you know, we, we're running into one of the problems right now is we kind of took a little bit of a small break and we're focusing on the album. We've been doing a lot of shows, doing a few things like that. You know, uh, we had a really nice couple of big shows, you know, from the summer on, we had a lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, now we have just kind of a two month break. Well, our drummer needed to take a, take a little time off for just for vacation purposes and kind of let the fall recharge our batteries, but we really are focusing on, on getting all this stuff out. We'd like to have a tentative release of maybe midsummer, but we do not know. I can't say for sure. Mm. Um, and also we're shopping for labels. I'm trying to really, uh, get this CD released on, yeah, on a label this time around, because instead of it releasing ourselves, it takes so long for it to get out. Like and it's already a year and we're still doing, you know, stuff on the first album, you know, so right. people are finally hearing it for the first time. So we want people to, you know, to be able to, you know, actually be able to purchase it out there we do have distribution for the first one in germany and greece but we're um you know we really want to get something solid and we've got a couple offers like pure seals offered us away a deal mm-hmm. but we're still sitting on it right now <laughs> yeah. you know i really hold out for something like metal blade you know yeah you know I, I'm, I'm a fan for a fan being a fan and and, and i want to play two fans and that's mm-hmm. the thing it's like you know you're you know, most metalheads, you know, out there, you know, you, you don't, we don't wear that rock star image. It's like, we're the ones in the crowd, just the same as anyone else. And, uh, you know, I think that, I mean, I know a lot of, you know, bigger bands myself. I've met a lot of, um, kind of good friends with a couple of guys in the bottom Mars and, and, you know, and they, they don't act like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people out there that, that have this concept that they think, you know, you can't go and talk to these people or that they're not, they're just as real as you are. They, they all put the pants on one leg at a time and, and, uh, you know, they love music just the same as you do. That's so right. you gotta keep that focus about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As far as, as websites and, you know, people listening to this and they're like, you know, I want to check out more about this band, uh, best places online for them to go to find out about you guys or, or contact you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, uh, uh, you can hear anything, 
if you just want to listen to it on YouTube, it's all on there, and that's where we have all our live videos and stuff that we've taken. But uh, eternalvoyager.com is our new website. Uh, our guitar player just got that up and running about maybe a few couple months ago, so it's pretty brand new. Um, and that has our store on there. You can actually buy all the CDs and shirts and stuff from us from there. It's nimbitmusic.com slash eternalvoyager. And uh, that's pretty much there. And, of course, their Facebook is uh, easy to find. You know, you can just Google us. We're on there. Right. So, and we also I know, we have a um, iTunes account, and we have Amazon, and I believe we're even on eBay. So there's a lot of places. And then, if you, you know, for people and fans in Europe who want to purchase the CD from, like, a distributor, we have Underground Power Records in Germany. Pure Steel should be up and having it. I haven't checked to see if it's actually up on the site yet. I'm assuming they, they got the CDs already. So... They should be having it, and then also Alone Records in in, uh, in Greece will have it as awesome. far as I know. They cool. sold out. <laughs> yeah, and Pure Steel is pretty good to order from too, and they they revamped all their shop a little while ago, so it's it's, it's yeah, a lot easier to get. I mean, I actually own a few CDs from Pure Steel's roster. They're actually bands that were on, like Emerald. I have a couple layers, and um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially if you go to a site like that. You're gonna see like a lot of other bands that you're like, holy crap! I never heard of these guys. Yeah, and you'll probably end up, them. you know, broke when you leave. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and and see the one the one thing about it is I think that with Eternal Voyager, what we want to do is that is if we comes down to it, you know, I wouldn't have a problem, you know, signing on to some of these uh, like a smaller label like that. I mean, they're not tiny, tiny. I mean, I've mm. seen a lot of labels that are really tiny that nobody's ever heard of. But uh, yeah, if you'd actually like to shoot me a couple of them links, that'd be nice from some of the stuff that you know around uh, the East Coast there. And sure. Of the stuff they got, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. and it was when I when I looked at the fact that you had a bundle up on the store with a T-shirt <laughs> and a CD and a poster, my first thing was like, "Holy crap, Rat Pack!" Because that's that's one of the things they like to do is they'll put out a CD and they'll do like a bundle CD T-shirt type of thing, price you know yeah. like really killer. And it makes people want to buy the physical product. Yeah, you, know, you give them, a, you give them a, like, like, you know, we sell our CDs and T-shirts, 15 a shirt. We got both double-sided print shirts. Hmm. You know, not, it's not just a logo, you know, it's on a shirt, you know. I mean, we we actually always try to make all of our shirts that we've ever made, you know, to have front and back. I, it's just a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand when, when you get get a shirt that's just got one side of that's like half a shirt. And you have to <laughs> spread it. I don't like it. So, so I never, I don't ever sell merch that I don't like, you know. I think this is, a little more of a plainer design. We're going to have uh, obviously the full length, full cover album art on the next one. Yeah, uh, we haven't done that yet. It's just a little more expensive to do. But yeah, we've got the bundle. We do we do it for like twenty five bucks. It's like you get everything for like twenty five thirty bucks. You know, you you, you know that's that's just pretty good. You know, you're not going to get that anywhere else. That's know? right. So, yeah. That's right. No. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely a good deal. Like I said, that's what reminded me of Rat Pack is because that's what theirs is too. Is they're not charging like sixty bucks for it. It's it's like twenty twenty five bucks, and yeah. uh, you know a lot of times yeah, it's and even and a signed disc. About that new store, that Nimbus store, and uh, our singer Micah, he had turned me on to use it for his digital stuff. Hmm. And you can sell. What's nice is you go into that store and you can listen to all the tracks, and you can buy them individually. You can buy the CD and you can buy the digital download. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, it's got, it's very versatile. People can hear what they're getting. They're high quality uh, wave tracks. They're not just MP3s. You can actually hear them on there. <laughs> and when you order them, you're not just getting the MP3s. You're actually getting the real sound files from the actual CD. Yeah. And yeah, that's quality, way better. All that. And, and that's one of the only sites I've ever seen that features that. And the one thing I really like about it, too, is that they allow you to do bundles. 
they'll actually have a thing. I mean, I built that whole store. I just went right through it, did all the stuff. Took me like three, four hours, but I got it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, you know, definitely when the new one comes out, really want to have you guys back on and uh, be able to let people know that. I was really psyched. You know, we did the uh, the compilation with uh, Online Metal Promo and with Merrick Media back at, you know, November, December. Heard that track, uh, This Is War, that you guys put on there. And yeah. I, ever since then, I was like, you know, I, I really want to get these guys on the show. It's like you guys would fit so well. So I'm very happy that I finally got you on and I... Well, I want to really keep supporting you. <laughs> we really appreciate that. No, and no, and that's the thing. But if any guy for guys like you and know, we don't have a lot of a lot of people that go to bat for bands like this, you know, anymore. And um, I'm surprised. I did, I had no idea until I started working with uh, Benjamin that um, there was this many podcasts and radios. And I, you're finding I'm finding out that the more we do these things, there's there's literally a lot of them. But you don't know really where who's hearing it. How do you track? You know who actually listens to what stations and how do you get, you know, the advertisement out and, yeah. you know, so yeah, it, it, it's a new world to me, you know, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like it. I yeah, love yeah. doing these things. So. Cool. Yeah. And, and we really like doing them for me, playing in bands for years and not having outlets like this, that if I'm able to give back to all these other bands that I hear and go, holy shit, these guys are awesome. I need to let everybody in our audience know about them. It really feels good to me to give back and, and help out as many bands as I can. So, you know, oh, yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, I tell you when I first heard Ice Earth back in the you know, mid nineties, I was, uh, I was such a static fan of that band. And I, 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 I literally, I think I gave away four or five copies away to people because they were so blown away. Like this is us metal. What the hell is this? <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I gave a lot of copies of their stuff out uh, for yeah. free because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, I, I got to share this. And I mean, and that's what metal should be about is, is, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not something you hoard. You got, you got to get it off the people. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to support and do whatever I can for everything. You know, when it comes to the local bands here, we don't, we have a, we have a very diverse scene. We have a lot of different kinds of bands. Uh, Jeff actually, uh, he plays, uh, based in a black little band called Hell of Fear. Uh, so he is kind of all over across the board with all the different kinds of stuff that he's been into. And, um, you know, also another black little band called Armist. So he's, He's, he's got a little bit of everything. And then we also, Jeff and I have a, a small thrash project that we were working on. So, you know, we're with our older drummer, Lucan, who was in the band for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, it, we, it, we're all networking. We're all working together. We've got uh, a lot of diverse type of bands. There are power metal bands here, but they're just few and far between compared to, you know, the abundance of death metal and black metal that's Right. to kind of be the more of a state side thing. So, yeah. But it seems like everywhere we play, uh, the one thing I'd like to know about when we play live is that even if we do play with a bunch of these kind of bands, people come up to you and they, and they go, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That was different. I really like that. Mm. And you're like, whoa, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah this, so. I think there's, there's uh, a kind of a, a big misunderstanding about exactly what power metal is. And people think, oh, it must be just... I don't think just... really what it is unless they actually listen to it. Exactly. Know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I found that out with a, a lot of even like huge metal fans, and they just are like, oh no, it's it's symphonic and it's all you know, and and it's right. like they no, think, they think everything is Nightwish because in Sonata <laughs> that's the biggest thing they've heard or Stradivarius. Yeah. Well, you know those things don't represent the entire thing of power metal. I mean, I've even told you know a lot of my friends that it's like, well, you know, the only thing is I can't get into. I hear, if I hear a nickel for every time I heard that, yeah. you know, and that's why they don't ever get into it. 
And some people just don't like it. I mean, I understand, you know, if, if your taste is your taste, right. You know, um, you know, but we're not a flowery, you know, you know, band, you know, we, we, we record, you know, we're heavy, we're in your face. We're yeah. not one of those ones that, uh, you know, we don't want to play music that's not powerful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely. and I love all that other stuff too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like everything from Nightwish, Camelot, you name it, to all the real heavy crap. So I don't, it doesn't really uh, matter to me. I'm I'm pretty broad across the, the spectrum when it comes to all that stuff. Yeah, no, and, and it shows. You know, it shows in the, you know, on the Battle of Eternity as well because okay. you're able to take a lot of those elements that you do like from other things and and find little spots in the song that you can add them and just make it interesting. Yeah, it's just just kind of crept in. It's like it's. I mean, I sit down. I don't ever sit down and and uh, you know I'm gonna write a song like this today. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people. You know, sit down that are, you know, like a, a chronic writer who sits down and go, I'm going to do this. It's like one day I was listening to Emperor and I thought, well, geez, I got a, got a riff here that kind of sounds like Emperor. I could throw that into this hmm. and, uh, and make it a power metal thing. You know, like, you know, think of just thinking outside of the box. You know, I hear one song can sound and might remind you of something like Gamma Ray or Freedom Call. Then another song could remind you totally of Ice Earth. You know, you never know what, what it's going to entail with it, but you blend it all and still make it Voyager. And that's the thing that I try to do is, I sit down and I and I when I when I have something I know is a real riff and it's going to be there and it's something I'm not going to get rid of, uh, you know it's it, it, it's it's going to happen and that's all I I write every one of my songs it's, it's all feeling it's all natural it's what I love doing you know right right before I let you go I got to ask you the hard question to ride this out on and that is looking at the Battle of uh, Eternity album. What do you think is your favorite track on there? Favorite track? Ah, uh, boy, that's hard. That's like I said, it was going to be a tough question. And in, in, ter- in terms, in terms of, uh, in terms of certain songs that I think came out could have came out better. I do like songs like actually one song we never play live anymore is Army Reward. I really like that one a lot. Hmm. Um, but jeez, I don't know. I mean, but everybody likes This Is War a lot. I know that's one of my favorites itself. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think here. Uh, well. It, I think actually Eternal Voyager is one of my favorites. So I, I think that Eternal Voyager is probably uh, up Battle Eternity. I think we're all, uh, I like Calm Before the Storm a lot too. That's, so that's one that uh, we play a lot of live. Yeah. But yeah, Eternal Voyager, that's probably my favorite. Okay then. So, <laughs> so to ride this yeah. one out, then we are, uh, we're going to spin Eternal Voyager and uh, it's great having you on the show. And again, Totally welcome to, to come back when uh, when the new one's out. And, you know, if you even want to have the whole band in on it, we've done that plenty yeah, of times as well. You know, how I do a lot of these interviews with everyone is, that, you know, I'll just, if, if we have everybody here, like, uh, sometimes everybody's not able to be present, but usually it's Jeff, me, and Micah that end up doing a lot of the interviews. Mm-hmm. He came over here just for this. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate the dedication with these guys. They're just, you know, they're really there for me when I, when I need them to be. So, I yeah. mean, they're, like they're, they're best friends, they're they're brothers to me. I mean, you know, it's we're always around each other, so we got we got to be all be used to each other, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great, and I hope that, that 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 chemistry keeps working, and you're you're finally done having musical members and all that, and you're able to just concentrate on cranking out some great metal. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do, my friend. That's awesome. exactly what we're looking for. All right. Well, have a good rest of the night, and I, I definitely appreciate you and Jeff taking so much time to talk with us tonight. And uh, we just want to get the word out and let everybody know that uh, there is some kick-ass power metal coming out of Minnesota, and it's called Eternal Voyager. Well, we really appreciate it. Thanks. All right.
Yes, that last track, of course, was Eternal Voyager by Eternal Voyager. So cool band there. Of course, he rattled off all of their social media and internet sites. Urge you guys to hook up with them on Facebook. Check out their website. Good stuff from those guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing the new one. And hopefully, when that one comes out, we can have Brian back on the show and talking to us all about new Eternal Voyager music. And of course, before that track, couldn't resist it. Brian mentioned Ralph Sheepers had to play a little bit of Primal Fear off of Rule Breaker. That one is The End Is Near. And of course, The End Is Near for this week's episode of Focus on Metal. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. It's pretty cool having Mike Howe on and uh, then backing that one up with Brian Blake from Eternal Voyager. Very, very busy here at Focus on Metal. And we have got tons of great stuff to uh, edit and shoot out to you guys for your metal enjoyment. So uh, make sure you keep tuning in every single week as we bring you more great stuff right here on Focus on Metal. And while you're at it, also make sure you keep up with all of the other shows that we are friends with by heading up to BlastSyndicate.com. Find out what's going on in the land of Wiki Metal, Iron City Rocks, Mars Attacks, Metal Geeks, the MSR Cast, Neckbreaker, and of course, Radioactive Metal. And again, you can get all of that at BlastSyndicate.com. Perhaps you're looking to scope out some new podcasts, some new shows to listen to, both audio and video. Then uh, you want to go up to EarPeeler.com. And check out that great aggregation of all of the shows you might find about rock and metal and music. So again, that is EarPeeler.com. And before we roll out of here for the week, I have just one more very crucial, highly important news break for you. And that is that uh, my good friend Bob Nelbandian and uh, all of his gang over at the Inside LE Metal documentary crew have announced that uh, after all of that wait, that uh, Inside L.A. Metal, the L.A. Metal Scene Explodes Part 1 DVD is supposed to come out on June 10th. And I'm talking June 10th of 2016, folks. So you would definitely want to get in on that one. Part 2 of that DVD will arrive in July. And you will want to keep up with those guys on their Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Inside LA Metal Movie Doc. Keep up with all of the uh, all of the news. Find out when the uh, the world premiere out in LA is going to occur, and uh, you know you might be able to get in on that. They are talking about maybe providing some uh, tickets to their Facebook friends. So another good reason to go to Facebook and follow them. You can also uh, find them on Twitter on Inside LA Metal. But again, I know I've been waiting a long time for this one. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I uh, hope that all you guys are as well. And Bob and friends have made it super easy for you to even pre-order this. Just go to Amazon.com. Do a search for Inside Metal Scene Explodes. It'll be right there. There is the pre-order link. And he's going to have some great guests on here. Jack Russell, Don Dawkin, Ellison, Chris Holmes, Randy Piper, Jamie St. James, Ron Keel, Betsy Bitch is going to be in here, Joe Floyd, Ann Boleyn, Steve Plunkett, 
Nader DePriest. Always fun when Nader DePriest gets talking. Uh, again, Carlos Cavazo, who was in part one, the, uh, the initial uh, Inside Ellie Metal documentary, he was in there as well. Really good stuff. I think that you guys are going to like that one. If you are any kind of, an, of a metal fan, and uh, especially those of you who uh, really wish back to the the L.A. metal scene in the early 80s, then you are going to look forward to seeing this great DVD set. And uh, hopefully we will get Bob on the show to talk about it. He has tentatively promised that he's going to try to make some time to uh, to give me a call and uh, talk to us all about it because uh, I know he's super excited about it and he's worked his ass off on it. As I said just a minute ago, the end is near and it's extremely near as in right now so uh that is a wrap for this week right here on focus on metal you know the usual stuff if you listen to us long enough keep up with us at focus on metal.net focus on metal.blogspot.com on facebook on twitter all that good stuff but uh that is it that's a wrap for this week so uh have yourselves a good week and for richie and myself and everybody else here at focus on metal remember focus on metal